Hello and welcome to the Roasted Games podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we are recording in <laughs> a cave. Hopefully it doesn't sound like that. We're recording in my garage and uh, we are at a slight incline. So if you we start moving away from the mics, it's because our chairs are sliding into the middle of the garage because <laughs> there's like a three degree <laughs> incline where we're sitting. But uh, it's a good place to record. So welcome to the podcast. And uh, what do we talk about first? Um, first, I think we're going to do uh, games that we've played recently. Yeah, what have we been playing? Um, well, I want to mention Parade. Yes. We've actually finally got Parade. The first time I played it was with you a few weeks ago at your house. I loved it so much, we went out and bought it. And uh, we just started playing it. I played uh, two-player with my wife a few times, which it is... And it's two almost, to six, right? Yeah, it's two, two to, to six, six players. So it's almost a completely different game with two players, but it's a really, really great game. It scales really well. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with it, it's basically you have a hand of cards. There's cards in the middle, all in a row, kind of like a parade. It's um, <laughs> Wonderland. It's, You're in Wonderland. Uh, yeah, it's Alice in Wonderland yeah. themed. And uh, there's six suits numbered zero through ten. And there's no duplicates. So what you're doing is you're basically playing a card at the end of the parade. And whatever value you you place there, you count that many cards in. And then the cards after that you have to take if they're equal to or less than the value of your card or the same suit as your card. That probably makes no sense <laughs> uh, verbally. But... Uh, Trust me, it's a great game. It's super deep. It's incredibly clean. Uh, every time I've played it, I sit there and say, if if I could design a game, this is the game I want to design. Yeah, it's so tight. It's uh, So just real quick, the designer was uh, Naoki Homa. I think that's right how you say it. It's from Japan. It's a Japanese um, game that's been transplanted over. And yeah, it's so tight. It's so like efficient. Like It's just, it's just a it's deck of cards clean. type of game, but it feels so much deeper and like you were saying before, the player count shift that suddenly changes the strategy, um, two, two players versus a full complement or even even three or four, it changes drastically. Yeah, it and does so, scale really well. We've played, I played um, at game night the other night. Uh, we played uh, four player, five player, and six players. Uh, we have, like I said, I've played two player with my wife and they are all fantastic. It's very clean and it, it has a different feel. Uh, at each player count. So I can't really say, oh, this player counts better than this other one. Usually I'm pretty determined that, hey, this should only be two players or this should, you know, this is really good with a full complement of players. But it's uh, really plays great at any player count. It's called Parade. What did you, have you played recently? Um, I have been playing. I have <laughs> not been able to get to our game night over the last several weeks. And so I've been playing. Oh, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do the listeners know? Um, they do now. <laughs> I and so I have been uh, uh, playing a game that I haven't played a, in a long time, but I was really into for a while. Uh, Netrunner, of all things, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of re re capturing um, Netrunner with uh, my wife and also um, a friend of mine over online. Because what's cool about Netrunner is there's a community made website. It's just a browser. It's just a web page, honestly. But it's a you can play over your browser. And um, it works really surprisingly well. It's a little, there's a little clunkiness. There's like any community made 
thing is, but uh, it worked it worked surprisingly well. And so I introduced a friend of mine who lives in Oregon to the game that way. And then uh, we've been playing just over the last couple of weeks, and so it's been really fun. I, every time I've I've gone back to Netrunner a couple of times, and every time I go back, it's just like God. I just I love this game. It's such a great game, and it's it's uh, it's just once again, it's very well done. Of course, it's Fantasy Flight, so you know the the artwork is amazing. The structure of the game is well done. They really thought it out. And um, I originally got into Netrunner like. Four months before, they abruptly killed Netrunner for right. for mysterious reasons, and so right as I was like, "Hey, I think this could kind of be my new game." Oh no, they killed it. Okay, I guess we're done with this. There's no reason to continue. It's over. No one knows why. It's off. But uh, although the the good the plus part to that is that a ton of content was put out yeah, before that oh, for sure, which also I think is is sort of a downside to it really as well because. Um, I really like Netrunner 2 mm-hmm. a lot, um, and I, I really like the base game. Yeah. And even the first couple of, I guess, expansions or yeah. Yeah. additional decks, or it's the living card game model, um, were, were cool, and they added a little extra to it. But then it just it got so meta, yeah. and the, the tournament scene took over so much that... If you were to just show up at a tournament with a base set and like one or two expansion decks, people would literally laugh you <laughs> out of the building. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's embarrassing and it's it's <laughs> one would never do that. So most people who didn't have all the Netrunner cards are like, I guess I'll just stop playing. Play over here with yeah. my few friends. Yeah, it's it's cool though, because the culture, like to that, they've definitely messed up their own game i feel like netrunner went right before it died or they killed it it was to the point where um like tournament decks the winning deck because they would release like 2016 or 17 championship deck on either side Mm -hmm. and the decks became just not fun they just like they weren't even fun to play they like put would have cards in that would just basically prevent your opponent from even playing the game it's just like all right well this card you can't play your hand this turn it's like Okay, well, wait, wait, I, what? what am I doing? <laughs> Why am <laughs> this I here? Game sucks. <laughs> yeah, and so they like it's just became like they they kind of designed themselves into a hole, and it was unfortunate because as someone who was getting into that time, you sort of they had big plans for the next year's cycles to undesign design themselves out of that hole and kind of refresh the game itself. And just as they were getting going, it ended, and so it's just like ugh. But to your point earlier, it is nice that there's a lot of content. I mean. It's kind of hard to get now because I was actually just looking to see what they are, uh, the expansions cost now, and of course they're like three hundred dollars for oh, each really? expansion because there's there's they don't print them anymore, and so the selling trolls are like, well, I guess I'll just you know sell this for eight thousand dollars because someone's gonna want it. Do the so it's kind of hard to get to. Do any of the local shops still? Have? I bet the local like, shops do. I didn't look locally. I was just curious what like eBay or Amazon had it for, and it's right. just ridiculous. But um, the other cool thing about it is like if you ever did get into it or someone proposed to play even with the core set it's still there's so many hours of gameplay in there because oh, yeah. I, I i enjoy the, you don't the need more than set. honestly unless I, you're really into it and i don't know why you would be these days but yeah i i enjoy the base set a lot in fact if that's what they put out and one or two expansions i would still yeah to me that would be a buy so yeah it was fun to re- it was fun to rediscover it, and then like Shelly and I used to play that a lot. And my wife works in the corporate world, and I would be the corp, so she could be the runner <laughs> and attack a corporation. And it was very therapeutic for her. <laughs> and I would lose a lot, and that's okay because <laughs> uh, I lose a lot anyway. Okay, so that was what we played recently, 
And uh, so now we're probably going to move, I guess, on to Designer's Corner. <laughs> Ooh, let's shift. Let's shift physically to Designer's Corner. Yes. So now we're no longer in a garage. We're in a corner. <laughs> a nicer garage. Uh, yes, of, of a much smaller garage. A garage that gets cleaned more often. Yes. So Get um, this cat out of here. But uh, So this is when we talk about, we kind of break down and talk about one particular mechanic uh, or mechanism. Yeah. We, we went through this last week. Uh, what, Let's Kevin, be clear. It's mechanism. Kevin is the best mechanic. I think we, we established <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Um, so what uh, I'm going to go ahead and choose this week because Kaz got to choose last week. And I'm going to pick drafting. Okay. So uh, this could be, to me, when I say drafting, I mean, obviously everybody knows what drafting is. But if you don't, drafting is... Uh, more specifically, card drafting, I guess, is more what I'm going with, uh, is when you have a collection of cards and you are choosing one or several of them and passing the others to your opponent and vice versa. So you kind of have the pick of that particular litter, but you sort of have to take the garbage from the other person as well, or people as well. Um and it can be anything from a game that is literally a hundred percent drafting game, like uh, Sushi Go, which is one of my favorite games. It's a great game ever. It's fantastic, best filler game ever. Okay, top five filler game praise, ever. I okay. that. <laughs> Everybody just stopped listening, so it doesn't matter what we say. Forever, but uh, no, I love Sushi Go, and that is a pure drafting game. There mm. really is no other mechanism to it besides. Yeah, drafting. the game is drafting. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is the definition of a pure drafting game. So you get dealt seven, eight, nine cards. Um, depending on player count, you pick one, pass the whole rest of them to the next person. You take the next person's cards take one and then it goes all the way around till everybody has all their cards laid out in front of them and you score based on different set scoring and things like that so uh and then you've got games like blood rage Mm -hmm. which i so desperately (laughs) want to love um i've tried similar feeling about it yeah so hard i've played blood rage probably a dozen times and i i love the idea of blood rage yeah the Viking stuff is so cool. The you know Val, uh, the part of Valhalla where you can bring people back and score points for it is really neat. Um, I even like the the battle system. I like the way that they track all the different stats and the miniatures are beautiful. The art's beautiful. Love Eric Lang. Um, even the card powers are great. They yeah, feel like they're fun to it's use. It's just never. Uh, it, it I don't know. It, it I always feel like something. I finish playing and something is missing from the experience, uh, and that's totally probably a personal thing. Uh, Blood Rage is a great game. Um, it's it's a very gamery game, so uh, it's <laughs> very not like Sushi Go, but it has that element yeah, too. Because the first thing you do in the game to you draft your cards and the, your card power, your abilities, which has all the character or your abilities, not character specific, but you kind of draft your strategy. Right with the initial round of card drafting. But it's like kind of like what we were talking about before, where a lot of these drafting games that have that element to them, um, you don't know what you're doing right away. And especially in a game as big as Blood Rage, or as deep or as long as Blood Rage, you can kind of, 
I guess if, even if you're drafting correctly, you're still going to probably have fun or experience the game. But right. you definitely feel like, oh, I would have done that totally differently. <laughs> you know, yeah. As soon as you realize how you're going to apply these cards. You're not really playing Blood Rage until you're playing it at least the second time. Right. The first time through, you literally have no idea what any of these cards come around. And you're like, I don't know. This one looks pretty. And <laughs> then you go to try and actually play it. And you're like, oh... I yeah. see why they pass that to me. Okay, yeah. I, I get it now. <laughs> um, and uh, the the one thing I think that drafting really adds, especially to a game like Blood Rage, mm-hmm. um, to me, and, and the reason why I think it's a great choice in some of those games, is it gives you the ability, not just the ability, but the requirement to adjust your game plan. Because sure. if you get a hand of cards, and you're always used to doing the Valhalla strategy where right. you want to go out and lose so that right. you, when you kill people, you get points, but you get your first draw of cards. You're like, Oh, well, none of these work. You have to choose something. Right. And it may come around to you two or three times before there's a Valhalla style card. And then you're like, well, I can't start doing that strategy now. That's something you have to have a pretty good pile of, cards for right and it's not one of those games where you can really super mix and match you know 10 different strategies so you yeah. really the cards you get kind of help dictate that particular game which is nice because it's replayability you know nobody wants to play the exact same game over and over again yeah um which is almost kind of a complaint in um sushi go which i think by a lot of people really prefer sushi go party because uh, it varies up the different cards uh, because it can sushi go can get a little repetitive yeah yeah uh, but you're never going to get the same or even really similar combinations in, in a game like blood range so I, I think that is is a very cool design choice mm-hmm. when you're trying to force people to play differently yeah and you think of like if the game didn't have like if you just had assigned character or um or you each uh, not faction. character, yeah, faction abilities applied. Like you said, it would get old clan. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah clans. So there you go. You get old pretty fast because, or at least you'd have to specifically. Because what? How many clans are there? There's like four or five. Four at the base game, right? Five, I think. Oh, is no. there five? Because it four. Four. Yeah, because you get that five to six expansion. Yeah. Expansion. Yeah. So it's like four. So yeah, drafting definitely does that. That that element of like replayability and variety, and that's a really good point too about having like a backup strategy or an alternative strategy because you're always going to get cards you don't need or aren't for your core strategy. Right. But yeah, it is interesting when you play games like that where it feels like a kind of missed opportunity. Where I've only played Budge Rage twice, I think. And so really only one. So really only one. Honestly, the first yeah. time doesn't count. And the first time uh, it was fun. I liked it, but. I uh, I don't know. It's it's funny that you mentioned that about Blood Rage, just to go off topic and specifically talk about Blood Rage. I have that same feeling about Blood Rage. I do like the game, but I'm not clamoring to play it. Like it seems some people really love it, but it also seems like it just seems like there's something that leaves me feeling like it fell flat, and not to the point where I'm like I hate this game and never want to play it. But like I just felt like there was something I didn't do, or maybe something I couldn't do, or. Yeah, I could sit down and make a list of 20 pros to this game. Sure, yeah. And I'm not 100% sure I could sit there and list cons. Yeah. Because inherently, it's it's a beautiful game. It's clean mm-hmm. design. It plays well. It it really, but I don't know what it is, but I'm with, I'm with you. It's not, I, 
I'm not clamoring to play it. If somebody is hanging around, I never say, hey, how about Blood Rage? You know, I'll play 50 different games before I'll suggest Blood Rage. Um, But if somebody was there saying, hey, I brought Blood Rage to game night and I really want to play it, I'll play. play I I know how to play. I've played it plenty of times. Uh, I'm not uh, averse to playing it. But yeah, it... uh, I wonder if it's because if it's a mashup. Like if I, I'm thinking of like other battle games, and the one of my favorites that I really love is Kemet. I just love the fact that it's so immediate and straightforward, and it's like a video shooter video games from the '90s. Like you just knew what you're going to do right away, and you're right. like, "Oh, I totally get this immediately," and you're just in it and just killing <laughs> your minions and other people's minions right away. Where it's like Blood Rage, yeah, you're doing that, and there's monsters, but it feels like none of them is pursued to fruition. Or like to the yeah. ends of the where you'd want to go. I don't know. But in that sense, they are satisfying. Just it feels like they stop right before. And I do kind of feel like the monsters, as large as they are in Blood Rage, should be maybe a little more powerful. Yeah. Um They but, almost it's almost like the guys are like, Oh, it's a Hydra? Pfft, old news. All right, let's go right. kill this Hydra. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, it's a freaking Hydra, you guys. So on a side note, okay. real quick, I noticed you mentioned Kemet again. So <laughs> I think that we're gonna see some sort of like underground joke of you bringing in <laughs> mentioning Kemet in every single podcast. I'll we find do. a way. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet you will. I'll bet you will. Even if it's abstract. So have you ever played Cyclades? No, I haven't. I I would um, before I kind of chose that I, that I was gonna like go after Kemet and try to find that game um i was going back and forth between them both and i know they're similar in play and they're both satisfying but i think doesn't cyclades have dice so there's a there's like know. a i think it's got some lucky aspect to it and kemet is like straight up most no people luck. most people i've talked to or heard from say kemet's the better game of the yeah two, and that's so. kind of where i sort of landed as well or was the consensus was that way too but i think and I, i'm trying to remember why but i think it was that cyclades had a little bit of a luck element to it. And it was that thing where you build up this army or you build up this effect and you're about to run it through. And for some reason, some like you roll the dice and it's like, guess what? You do nothing. You do nothing. And oh. you know why? No, you don't. Because nobody knows why. Right. The gods hate you. That's why. <laughs> so so I felt like I wanted to get rid of that. Rid of that. But That'd I would actually love to play game. it. That'd be a fun game. The gods the hate gods you. Hate we'll you. just make it. We'll just make this game where you can do all this stuff and game. you roll the dice. And if you roll a seven... <laughs> Nothing. You just skip your turn. Oh. It's a D50, and you have to roll one through five for success. The gads hate you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just hanging out. But it's like a hell of a huge amount of production value. It's just right. like, but for a game you cannot win. <laughs> Why did they do this? So, uh, before we before we completely... All right, let's not lose the thread. Yes. yes. Uh, to, to sort of stick with... Uh, few more thoughts on uh drafting one thing i think that uh i wish that more designers would do when they incorporate drafting into a game Mm -hmm. is to set up maybe um an intro game for lack of a better word where there is a way to disperse the cards without making you draft them sure because in a game especially and we've already talked about this in a game like blood rage you the first time you sit down to play you literally have no idea what you're drafting yeah you may have read the rules and you understand the the mechanism of what it is that this card does but you have no idea how it affects the game 
in in reality how it affects gameplay further down whether it you know gets you a lot of points or whether it's what its long-term effect is you have no idea and you don't know uh, all the cards yet so you don't even know what strategy you're drafting for at that point you're like oh this looks fun but maybe yeah. there's five cards in somewhere floating around that really work well with that card and you have no idea or have to happen before that to make it even viable exactly. to use and be like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> so um i think that uh, a good thing to do is to to ha- build in something for that first game or two where it's still a playable game and you have maybe uh, an even distribution. There's some games, some drafting games I've seen, and none spring to mind, of course, uh, when I'm trying to think <laughs> of them, but that kind of have like a beginning hand. Sure. Recommended beginning hand for each player. So that you kind of get a feel for, okay, these cards all work together. They they synergize and they, they actually have a particular path to victory. Right. And so you play with those and you start to see, okay, I kind of wish that, you know, I, I understand how these go together and I see other people playing theirs and those go together. So I know in the future what kind of combos I might be thinking about drafting. So then you shuffle them all together and then you end up being able to draft at that point. But after you've already seen what a good hand, a reasonable hand is. And hmm. I think that that's almost better. Well, I think it's a lot better than just a random hand because you could end up with a whole bunch of cards that don't go together at all. Yeah. And you're like, well, these are all kind of stupid because I can't do this and I can't do this because I don't have the cards to trigger right, them. Right, right. And I can't, I can do this, but this other card only really works if I can do this other thing first and I can't. And so this is kind of dumb. And this other, the other person may get all the best cards. Um, so I think if you if you distribute it for them in advance so they can kind of see how they work together, I think that is um, a really cool thing that a designer can do to uh, to help people understand sort of how everything works together. And yeah, or even have, yeah, like... You distribute it or even have like a reference sheet at the most basic level of like, here's some core strategies that, we that you could go after i mean you can obviously mix and match and create your own strategy around these but like some people are just going to want to kill people some people are just going to die a lot some people are going to want to do this or that or that the other thing right. or at least you can build because i mean the nice thing about drafting even when you're doing it blind for the first time is that you're kind of going to be interested in more certain cards over other cards and so you're going right. to be collecting those anyway but you also aren't aware of how many there are, how they interplay. Right. And, and the so, combos. The, the combo, yeah, combos for in, sure. Any kind of drafting game that really lends itself to building those combinations, uh, I think you really need like almost like a starting hand or something. Sure. Um, until you really get a, a feel for it. Now, there's there's some games that just... I mean, like like Sushi Go. <laughs> I mean, you can't just We've only played start two drafting games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, there's lots of drafting games. Those are like the two big ones that spring to mind, and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. So I think they're good illustration. But um, can you imagine Eric Lang was playing Sushi Go, and the idea for <laughs> Blood, <laughs> Blood Rage. Rage came into his head. This he just could... played it so much, he wanted to murder everyone at the table. This and that could was be how Vikings. Blood Rage was born. <laughs> <laughs> this fish could be Vikings. <laughs> just All these wait. Maki rolls. Yeah, Maki rolls. <laughs> there's sea serpents. 
That's the toughest part for me explaining Sushi Go to people. <laughs> yeah, it sounds... You can tell somebody who just started playing Sushi Go because they have this massive the pile of Maki. <laughs> they got like... This is the game, right? Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> yeah. 15 Maki and you're like... <laughs> That's like six points. I think you got it. I think you won. I think you won the Maki. Like nobody else is even going for Maki. Because <laughs> that's sort of negligible on the points. But, you know, hey, go. Then they're like, well, I thought that was uh, like this was points. I'm like, well. Yep, just look at the no, card. We'll yeah, tell you what the points are. It's right there. You have definitely won the Maki. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. So I really like, I really like drafting a lot. And yeah. I, I like incorporating it into other designs i think that uh it's a really cool mechanism because it can be used in so many different ways and you can use yeah there's uh dice drafting games Mm -hmm. there's uh all all kinds of token drafting i mean there's there's games that there's even uh, games that like use it for like straight up just player but it's like i think um doesn't Cosmic Encounter have a draft? Like you can do, you can deal out the character identities and then draft them. I believe there's a drafting mechanism that they that is an option for choosing your identities. I could be totally wrong on that. It's been I'm a while sh- since I've played. I'm not sure we've ever played Cosmic Encounter correctly. Has anyone? I mean, <laughs> I love that game. And I understand why people really don't <laughs> like it, but it is super broken. It's totally broken, but in such an insane way. But, it, it, um, is, it is fun. I always have a good time playing it. It is but fun. But that's another I'm one like, that's hard to intro people to because they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, like I was winning and I'm furious that I lost. It's kind of negotiation, <laughs> but sort of like backstabby. And then take that game to a degree. Yeah, and also like. It doesn't really make much sense because it's totally broken. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's the, it's the journey, man. Journey, yeah. journey. It's like Fight Club. <laughs> you know, it's it's cool, but you can't just sit there and, like, analyze it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And also go after the prettiest face. Yeah, just enjoy. Just enjoy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it is cool. I, I really like drafting, too. I feel like it's a great um, solution to um, trying to give pretty much equal options. It depends on experience, of course, but equal options to anyone to develop their strategy within the structure of the game and what's available to be a strategy. Right. And the luck of like, what's going to come around to you, what's interesting to you. And I don't know, my, my biggest failure of drafting is like all the cards seem interesting. And each time a new hand comes to me, I'm like, well, that would be a new strategy to go after. I'm going to go that one. And then another hand comes over. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh I like that card though. All right. I'm going <laughs> to, then I end up with just a mishmash, insane, yeah, just like, like all over the board. Five different ways. I want to kill people step. and die all the time. <laughs> So that's a bad combo, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's really bad. It didn't work out for me very well. Yeah, it, it but should. uh, but it is a great it is a great mechanism. I like. I was trying to think how else um, because drafting's been around for quite a while. It has. Um, one of the, the thing I really like about drafting. Um, well, I've, I think I've said ten things I really like about drafting, but <laughs> really um, up. from a designer's perspective, I think that um, one of the things that drafting does very well is it's somewhat random it it gives a little bit of randomness but it still rewards skill right and it rewards strategy and it rewards uh repeated plays Mm -hmm. so to me nothing's worse than loving a game i've played it 50 times i'm so good at this i really love this game and i 
play it with with three other people, and I win twenty five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I could just flip a coin and win twenty five percent of the time with these people. Right. So, uh, you and me, I could flip a coin and win fifty percent <laughs> of the time. Yeah, but you know, so I like games that reward uh, skill and strategy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like chess, it's no fun if you're a grandmaster and you want to play chess and the only one to play chess with is you know an 1100 club player because mm-hmm. you'll absolutely destroy him 100 times out of 100 right right yeah. literally you'll never lose right it's not gonna happen unless you fall asleep or or purposely choose to lose it's it's almost a mathematical certainty <laughs> because it is aside from starting player which is the only randomness in chess it is 100 percent a skill game. Yeah. Which I like skill games and I like chess, but I I want to at least feel like even if I'm playing with somebody who's played a lot and I'm playing for the first time or the second time, uh, I want to at least feel like I have a chance. Sure. Even if it's a 30% chance. Right. You know? Uh, that's why I really I really like poker. Because, yeah, yeah. because it's one of those things where, yeah, luck is going to get you. And you're going to lose, you know, X amount of time. But in the long haul, if you know what you're doing and you are a better poker player than the other person, you will win more often than you lose. Yeah, if you know the odds, you know the percentages. Yeah, exactly. Skill is a very big part of it for sure. Yeah. And I think drafting helps to do that in that it does add the randomness as far as what cards you're getting. But it does reward strategy and it rewards repeated plays and it rewards skill. Okay, so I have a question for you then. So if you take out, so going on to design question, and this kind of going back to Blood Rage, and not to pile on Blood Rage. We've said it before, let's say it again. We like Blood Rage. I like Blood Rage. But if you think of that as from a design perspective, and you think of games that have drafting, and if you took the drafting out, is that a make it or break it? Because I feel like for Blood Rage, it probably is. Because I I mean, like, break it. Yeah, if you take it out, like, because without drafting, it's pretty much a very, very basic, straightforward dudes on a map game and isn't as deep as it, as it is with the drafting. Well, and the, it, it has very specific combinations. Mm-hmm. It has very specific paths to victory, strategies that don't work with a random assortment of cards. What's a, what are, what's another draft? Let's try to think of another game. <laughs> Blanking, of course. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, but it, it does. It um it definitely, to me, makes the game. Um, if without drafting, I would really dislike Blood Rage. Like okay. a lot. Seven Wonders. Uh, I'm just looking up a list. Seven Wonders, Seven Wonders. Is, is, it, I mean, that's a prototypical drafting game. You're yeah. drafting from uh, a public pile. Um so I mean that's that's just a different kind of drafting yeah, rather than being I've, hidden. I feel like drafting is its own like separate thing, and like like Blood Rage is like you draft and then you play the game, whereas right. like Seven Wonders is you're kind of like it's incorporated drafting into into the game. Yeah, where and same with Sushi Go. Sushi Go is like the game. But, yeah, the, without um, without drafting, there is no Sushi Go. There's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it feels like. I don't know. I'm just I was gonna say maybe that's why the second part of the game is. And I'm not gonna say unsatisfying. It's just second part of which game? Of Blood Rage again. Oh. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think of um, other games that draft like that. And if if you took drafting or did drafting a different way, 
if the rest of the gameplay would feel as satisfying which to me feels like there's there's a there's a weakness there if it's not like yeah it makes sense of course drafting does it a lot of of replayability like you said it is it does increase an aspect of skill and strategy choice or skill comes into strategy choice but if the rest of the game kind of falls for you then i guess i don't know what that says <laughs> but it does feel like there's something lacking or maybe a weak spot in the design yeah may- maybe but i mean it to me drafting in especially in blood rage is such a an integral part to me that it seems like it was specifically put in there in order to do exactly what it does, True. which is to drive the whole strategy and to drive everything that you're doing uh, that particular game. So I, it doesn't strike me as... There are some drafting games, and I don't even want to call them drafting games. They're regular old games that have this weird little drafting element in it, right. and you almost get the feeling that somebody has... The designer was like, okay... I've done all this other stuff. What can I... Oh, drafting. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm kind of saying is like... I'm going to toss drafting in there. Do you throw it in because you're... I mean, it can be the missing link. A lot of times you throw in a mechanism and it's like, that makes the game. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's why you you know think about the mechanisms you're putting in. But... Um, yeah, I'm not coming up... I'm trying to come up with like a another... List and I'm just coming up with lists of straight up card drafting. Yeah, games. I mean, but I mean, going anyway. off of Seven Wonders, I mean, mm-hmm. Fairy Tale, is, Fairy Tale, yeah, is almost. I mean, Fairy Tale was basically Seven Wonders before Seven Wonders was right. Seven Wonders. Um, so, uh, and and that's another one of those uh, drafting is is tied into the, you know, into every facet of the game. You know, without drafting, there is no Seven Wonders. There is no fairy tale. You know, it's interesting to see drafting applied in other ways. Like, one of the games that I really love is Ganshon Cleva, which is, like, a dice drafting game. And it's round, it's a rounds of dice drafting game. But you also draft... It's, well, in all drafting, of course, you're you're choosing a car, some a card or a die that you want, and then you're knowing that you're giving opportunity to everyone else by what you left. So it's similar to that. Excuse me. It's similar to that, but um, you do... Your so it's you draft all of your dice and then you leave uh, you draft three to use and you leave three for everyone else to use, and so it's like I, I like that mechanism uh, quite a bit where it feels like um, it's just you and everyone you're the focal point of drafting for that moment and then everyone's kind of basing their strategy around your leftovers right. and then so each turn regardless of it if, if it's your turn or not you're doing something but your strategy is going to augment until it comes back to you and you have agency to directly control your strategy. You're going to be like, well, I left, he left me three pieces of garbage. How do I make something out of this? <laughs> right. Um, so that's an interesting part too, where the drafting is, is, uh, it goes around the table, um, it's in a like different way. Sagrada. Does, yeah, does yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. Where it's sure. your, you have your drafting dice and you know that whatever you're leaving, somebody else may need. Yeah. So well, that, when I like that too, because some of the strategy that can develop there is, what are people ignoring? Like suddenly, what do right. they not care about? Suddenly, I need to like I'm really going after yellows. Like that one game we played with Jeff. I think that was one of the reasons Jeff won is like no one was going after what he needed, and right. he just was like picking it up okay. left and right. And he was like, all right, cool, yellows and reds. That's all and, I need. All and I none want. None of us were smart enough to realize that was probably <laughs> yeah. his hidden agenda card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
that yeah, Sagrada is a great example of that. That's a that's a step up in complexity, but another one of of that element of like. Well, you nice could consider drafting. even something like Ticket to Ride to be drafting. That's true. In that you're drafting from a public tableau. That's true. Um, so I mean, it's it's incorporated into so many different games, but it's uh, it can be hidden sometimes. True. Where you're yeah. like, oh, what I'm doing actually is kind of drafting. Yeah. Even at a slow pace, like Concordia is a basically there's drafting in there, but it's slow. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's integral, but it's definitely not gonna. Well, no, you do need to do you do need to focus on it to a degree, but it's not like everything where is like. And that's a good point actually, because like Blood Rage and Sushi Go, the drafting mechanism is very clear, very right. straightforward, and drafting at its base core. So, yeah, drafting is really great. I it's interesting too. Like it is. Um, it is interesting to see how people take a spin on it and apply it to different, um, well, I guess it's cards and dice are really the main thing. I'm trying to think of other things that you yeah. could, you've seen drafting or well, way you, you could can, take drafting. You could draft like tokens and things, starting player powers. Um, here, here's my advice to designers. Um, if you're going to incorporate drafting, well, and this could apply to anything, but especially <laughs> drafting. Um, make there be a reason to do it. Right. Because you you have to, it has to fit with what you're trying to do. Don't just put in drafting because people are like, hey, I like drafting's bitching. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if people want to play drafting games, they can go play a drafting game. Don't do it because you think you need to. Do it if it it's that missing link. It's the thing that turns your game from generic dudes on a map to hey i've got four or five different strategies that i can weave together and come up with this plan to play different every time that's the thing i mean that's the touch with blood rage that's um that's what what works in seven wonders so don't just do it because you feel like drafting cool kids are cool. doing it yeah. just do it because would you draft off a bridge if your cool friends told you to no no, you wouldn't. Would you, could you, in a boat? <laughs> would you, could you, with a goat? <laughs> I would. Totally. I would, too. Yeah. In Miss Heartbeat. Yeah. Miss Goats. Um, okay, so uh, moving on from draft. Right, from, away from, from draft. Designers. draft away. Yes, yeah, so away from designer's corner. Now we're back in the garage. <laughs> and uh, we're going to each recommend a must-have game of the week. All right, you go first this time, and I will uh, mull it over. <laughs> Are we both unprepared? No, no. I'll, <laughs> okay, uh, good. Yeah, go first. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Um, so my must-have game of the week. All right. My must-have game of the <laughs> yeah, century. We need, <laughs> we need some music for this. Week. Pause for sound effects. <laughs> Placeholder sound effects. Yes. Is Orléans. Oh, okay. It is. We talked about it last week, and I mentioned it was my favorite game of all time. It is a bag builder, and it is still my favorite game of all time, and I love it so much. It is, uh, initially, it seems like a lot. It seems like a very big, long, heavy Euro game. It's very much not. Um, 
my wife and I can get a game done in two-player 45 minutes or so. Um, with my son, three-player, it's under an hour. Uh, there's a lot of simultaneous play. Uh, once you understand what all the different spots do, it's really simple. The f- it takes a full game to really get the swing of it. And once you're done with it, you're like, oh, I, I know what I'll do different next time. Um, but I, I like it for two reasons. One is that it's very unique and that it's uh, the first bag builder that I ever played. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting concept and kind of blew my mind. Uh, the other thing is that it has multiple paths to victory, but you can't stick with any one path. And by that, I mean there's 16 rounds, and any path you take will get you about six, seven rounds of pursuing that strategy, and then it literally dies. Mm-hmm. You can't go any farther than that. You know, you, you want to do this, you know, start building up technology. Well, you run out of spots on the technology right. track. Yeah. So you literally can't go any farther than that. Can't you like want to build oh, a spaceship eventually. It's very yeah. tied to the, th- the I'm going to start going down the, the um, achievement track or development track or whatever that's called at the bottom. And you can only do it for so many rounds before you literally run out of room. Um, you you can say, oh, I'm going to run around the, the map and start picking up goods. Well, if anyone else is picking up goods, then you're going to end up with whole sections of the map that are empty that you have to waste turns going through to get to spots that do have goods. And wasted turns are bad. So you really have to pick anywhere from two to four different distinct strategies and be prepared to use them like one after the other. You have to know when to cut bait on one and start on the next one. And um, it to me, that's what makes it so fascinating, is you can't just jump on a boat and make it to the end of the game. Right. You have to adjust. It makes you adjust. Yeah, and that's interesting for a game that size, too. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of those games, you <laughs> pause for garage noise. A lot of those games, you've got to, um, you know, you can follow the strategy all the way through. But yeah, I, re- I like that too about that game. It's very interesting. And I've, I've only played it twice. But I remember that as well, where you, f- you can follow it literally to the fruition of that strategy. And you're like, oh, right. okay, I did this. Because um, there's finite tracks. Shoot, where do I go from here? No, but I like that. I really like how it's tied to, like, the tech thing. Like, it's tied to the tech of that time. Like, you're not going to invent computers <laughs> right. you know what i mean right. so you, there's only so much you could do with um the mechanical know-how of the era and that makes sense and so you can become king of the mills and you know and if, or it's equivalent but yeah i like orleon a lot too that's a great one yep. Go good buy recommend hey, thanks um Where i'm gonna you, go i got a filler game um that i recommend because uh you always should have a filler game it's always good to keep like a game with you or in the car and one of the ones that i always constantly go back to is a dice game called quicks and i just like quicks i think quicks is a satisfying for us <laughs> it's q w i x x um it's just a satisfying um straightforward fill in the blank game it only plays four rolling players right. yeah rolling right there you go there is a name for it there is there is <laughs> It's a roll and write game. It's dice. Um, I, it's just it's just satisfying to play. The dice are colorful. You're matching colors on your roll and write board, and um, 
you go around the table. It's fairly quick. It is quicks, you could even say. And Boom. <laughs> drop them. <mic>. Don't, <laughs> don't drop these mics. Oh, God. <laughs> I need that. Um, but it's just a good one. And I, I have other filler games, of course. But I, I just always go back to quicks, and I grab it a lot. And um, I've introduced it to a lot of people. And it's always just kind of like, it's just a nice game to play. It's just kind of a... I like it a lot, too, for two reasons. Um, one is it is... Uh, it is very straightforward mm-hmm. in that it's easy to to explain. It's it's an easy concept to get. You, you explain for a couple minutes, and then everyone can play. Um, the other thing I really like, and I love this in all games that do this, is there's a lot of... Um, it's not necessarily simultaneous action, but there's always something for you to do on other people's turns. Right. So exactly. there's no downtime really because yeah. you get to use one of the dice that is rolled. So when it's not your turn, you're still keeping an eye out for what that person's rolling because you can use that die that they have. So I, I really, really like that. Uh, I hate downtime in games. I, do, yeah. uh, I like I like simultaneous action games. I like games like Space Base where you can do, um, where you're always looking at the other person's stuff that they're rolling just like quick so yeah uh, ex- excellent choice and you can like there's a lot of table talk too throughout the game which i love with i think a good filler game should have that if you want a strategy and have your head down and your board that's a totally different game and i feel like filler games shouldn't have that to a large degree so and especially if you have stock in what they're going to roll i mean you're giving people crap about their terrible rolls because they don't help you right and then <laughs> it's going around and trying to just guilt trip them into not helping your strategy which of course they shouldn't but still it's fun to try to try to get sometimes you can talk people it. into like hey you should take that <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can and that's so hilarious when it happens they're like do you really oh yeah oh, no yeah, you totally should sure. yeah 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 so yeah I, I recommend quicks for um if you're looking for a filler game or just a just a cheap fun little game definitely a good one to have around yeah, and uh, you should laminate the score sheets. Yes, definitely. I have a friend um, who, when he he <laughs> he'll take the score sheet for all those games, and he'll either straight up laminate it, or he will um, redesign it in Illustrator to make it better. Oh. And he's really good at it. Like his Gancho and Cleaver score sheet when he introduced me to the game, and I thought that was a score sheet. So when I bought my copy, I was like, Oh, this is oh, garbage. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I must have got an old version. It was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what, what version? Do you? He was like, Oh, I just did it myself. I was like, Oh. Okay, can you send me those files? <laughs> so, yeah, great game. Yes, I agree. Excellent game. Okay. Um, so. All right, we're out, guess, of, we're out of topics. Yeah, uh, well, we're never out of topics. That's true. We're just out of time. <laughs> That's our slogan for the end of the show. So, yes, never out of topics, just out of time. So, uh, I guess this has been the. Roast Games. Yes. And I have been Bill Price. I have also been. I have not also been. I've separately been Kaz Gable. <laughs> we will see you next time on the Roasted Games Podcast. See ya.